What's up, everybody? This is Judith A. Coffee listening to Mad Love. Welcome, welcome. How's it going? How do you feel today? I feel pretty good. I sound worse than I feel. I'm not sure what's going on. Feels like allergies, but I know it's not COVID, so that's all that matters. Um, just to expound a little bit on what I was saying yesterday about LeBron, um, what I uh, didn't really expand on is, you know, these four guys, these four teenagers and his core group of friends, they weren't supposed to be good at business. They weren't supposed to be able to, um, you know, LeBron's background doesn't suggest that he should come into uh, so much money and so much fame and handle it so well. Um, I get that people have been paying attention to him his whole life, but that still doesn't stop some people from going crazy. And you never heard one thing about him uh, in that light. Like, oh, you know, he's married to his, uh, I think, high school sweetheart. They've got three kids. They seem happy. Now, of course, you can't tell about anybody's life from uh, just from watching them. You can't. You can tell how they wear their wealth, but that doesn't mean they had a stable or normal or happy childhood. Healthy, not normal, healthy. Uh, No one knew at least not to my knowledge, it wasn't something everybody knew that Will Smith's father was a, a an abuser. And all these years of reading press about him, I've never, I mean, you just get the impression he comes from a pretty stable middle-class family. Um, you, you know, and that's another myth. People think that only low-income households have certain issues. You know, I know of families that were middle-class uh, and they had abuse, they had sexual abuse, they had all kinds, you know, alcoholism, all the same issues. Uh, those things transcend, uh, you know, whatever your economic situation is. So having heard Will Smith's story a hundred times, he never shared that. And so with LeBron, it's like, we know he came from a pretty hard scrabble background. Uh, we know his mom was young. The, uh, the father wasn't really around. There wasn't a lot of stability. And there's nothing to suggest that he should <laughs> come out into uh, millions of dollars and and fame and be so good at it. But he is. He wears his wealth very well. And I'm proud of him. I really am. And I don't know if that means anything, but I am. I think he is a, a fine example of what uh, defying the odds looks like. You know, like I said, these guys had a dream, they had a vision, and none of them on paper should have been able to execute. You know, Mav Carter is LeBron in business. On paper, he shouldn't be. On paper, he shouldn't be a champion, but he is. And I'm proud of all of them. They did a great job. You know, good for them. And I hope that all of us, uh, not so much everybody's destiny is not to be rich and famous. Everybody's destiny is not to be, you know, an NBA legend or uh, a titan of industry. Everybody's not designed or destined for the same things, right? We all have a different reason why we came here, a different mission. And that's between you and God. Only you and God know what your mission is. And everybody's going to tell you what your mission is, but only you know, right? And I'm not saying everybody needs to aspire to what he has accomplished, but you can be a champion in your own life. 
you don't have to try to be winning world uh, championships. You can be, uh, you know, the hero of your own life in your own way. And that only you can speak to that. But you know what I mean? Like, go for excellence. You don't have to settle for what people tell you. You don't have to settle for what it looks like on the outside. You know, on the outside, if you didn't have a lot of money growing up or your dad wasn't around or, you know, you have low self-esteem or, you know, you have a parent who never supports your wishes or dreams or, you know, is a straight up killjoy. You know, whatever you're battling against uh, and this life does come with resistance, um, you know, you can overcome it. You can spend your life being an overcomer. You don't have to to settle for what people have told you you are. Some people have told you great things and filled you up with love and support, and other people haven't. They're always cutting you down. They're always saying little snide things. They're always sort of like, mm. and it's only really fucked up if it's like your mom or your dad or somebody you look up to. But, you know, it's it's true. You can hear a hundred compliments and the one negative thing is a thing that sticks in your brain. And especially if it comes from like somebody you respect or you know, a parent of, you know, somebody you care about and you want to please them. So you just got to figure out what your triggers are and avoid those potholes. Those are all tests. I believe, you know, you were put here to have a great life. There's millions of other things you could be incarnated as you know I don't know what's going on if the universe is still expanding and there's all these galaxies and milky ways and all you know who knows where you could have wound up but you wound up here you know at this time in history so it's up to you to decide how you want to spend it you have the life you've designed I mean if you especially if you're over I used to say 18 but if you're over 25 you definitely have the life you've designed You've made a series of decisions that have either led you to where you wanted to go or you're off on the ditch or you're still in the middle of your journey to somewhere. Okay, but we've all designed our lives and they are what we have chosen them to be right now. You've made a series of choices. Um, And this is where I miss accountability because people want to say, well, it wasn't my fault that the uh, tuition was so high and I couldn't stay in school. Mm, Okay. But tuition was what it was. And and other people found ways to pay their tuition. It wasn't uh, the school's fault maybe that the tuition was high, but it was your fault that you didn't plan to go to college and didn't have a strategy. A lot of people have had to work through college. You know what I mean? Like people just have all these excuses for everything. And that's fine, but don't, don't tell me that's the reason why you didn't reach your dreams. Because that's a choice. It's not wasn't the school's fault. Those prices were what they were, you know. So, go to trade school. Figure, go pl- pivot. Have a plan B. And if you're a younger person, and I do have a lot of younger listeners, if you're a younger person, no one's going to tell you this. So I'm going to tell you: be prepared for detours. Delays aren't denials, but there will be times when you will not get to where you said you were going. And you will not get the support. Something will happen. And if it wasn't meant for you, you won't be able to attain that because it wasn't the right thing for you. Right. And sometimes you just have to take that as, okay. I've tried a million ways to do this. It's not working. I need to pivot. You just got to be more flexible. 
And people won't tell you that, but it, it will make your life exponentially easier if you're more flexible, if you're open to pivoting, if you're open to change. And I don't mean giving up easy. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when something has been clearly, <laughs> clearly laid out that it's not for you. Um, like this person is not for you. This relationship is not for you. The school is not for you. Um, the situation is not for you. You, you'll know, you'll know if you listen to your spirit, you'll know when something is just not right and you need to pivot. You need to figure out what the next thing is. So make that something that you can put in your repertoire, your skill set. Hey, when I, when it's not going right, I know I can pivot. That is an important thing to have. And I didn't have it till I was probably 40. (laughs) So save yourself a ton of aggravation. I was a right fighter. And it's not good to be a right fighter when you have high blood pressure. Because there's so many things that need to be righted in the world. And you're constantly on edge. So when I, I would imagine my blood pressure started creeping up in my 30s. And um, I didn't know, you know, I'd go to the doctor. Nobody put me on medication. No one was like, oh, your blood pressure, you know, super high. Um, It would be a fleeting conversation. And, uh, you know, but I was always irritated and agitated. And I stuck in situations trying to make it right for me when I should have just moved on to a better situation quicker. So that's what I mean. So if if that's uh, whether it's a job, mostly for me, it was jobs and sometimes relationships, but mostly jobs. And, uh, you know, I'm steadily trying to make them see my value and my worth. And it's like, dude, you should just move on. They're never going to see it, you know. And so if you can figure out how to do that quicker than I did, you're going to save yourself tons of aggravation and uh you know, you may or may not need high blood pressure medication because <laughs> you won't be running into walls. You know, I think a lot of times people are so busy trying to be right. They want to validate their feelings. They want to be right. That's why all these Trumper people are out here acting nuts. They want you to agree with them. And they want you to know that they're contrarians. I don't even think they're politicians. I mean, well, political people, they probably don't even vote. You know, but they they like the idea of this guy, a lot of them. You know, the real extremists, they they just want anarchy, however they get it. You know, but that's turning. That's turning. Uh, Trump's going to go to jail, probably. Um, If he doesn't, that'll be one of the biggest uh, fraudulent thefts in history. And, you know, like I said yesterday, I believe God is in charge. So, you know, I don't have to wish ill on that man. The universe and God will handle him. And that's just what I believe uh, handles everybody else. And, you know, people who people just want to be right. And they also justify bad behavior by saying, well, so-and-so did it. You know, I was watching uh, a little bit of Godfrey. uh, I met Godfrey. In fact, Godfrey, the comedian, was present when I decided to name this podcast. Well, not really. But when I learned of this concept of the name Mad Love, Godfrey was with me. I was visiting Chicago. Uh, One of my friends that I grew up with was living in Chicago. She went to University of Illinois. So she knew a ton of people that were at Howard. 
we were separated. I think my college roommate and her college roommate went to high school together. It's a small, small world. So be good to people. You never know uh, who's coming back into your life. So we had graduated high school, both wound up with uh, roommates from Chicago. All right. So uh, fast forward. I had graduated. I was visiting her. She had moved to Chicago and I reached out to my friend Patrick from Howard. Um, I have some Patrick stories, but for now, Patrick was living in Chicago. And so I said, I'm at my friend Terry's house. And I met Patrick because Terry uh, had come to visit for homecoming. And she spent the whole night trying to uh, woo Patrick, (laughs) I guess. I don't know what was going on there. And uh, I remember when she left, he was like, your friend is really cute but she's very, very interested. And I was like, okay. And after she went back to Chicago, I wound up hanging out with Patrick. So again, that's back to Howard. So then we fast forward, we're out of Howard and I'm visiting my friend. And then, uh, I let him know I was in town and he goes, okay, I'll, we'll come, I'll come over. I'm hanging out with my boy, Godfrey. We'll come hang out with you guys. So Godfrey and Patrick show up uh we go listen to spoken word it was just like love jones when we go listen to spoken word there was a, a poet named mad love there and godfrey and i i mean we weren't friends i was friends with patrick but <laughs> godfrey was sitting at the table with us and and my friend knew godfrey uh because she lived in chicago and she knows everybody so she knew godfrey i and i knew patrick so it was just fun we were having a good time having drinks and the mad love dude came up and godfrey was a part of that night that's the last time i've ever seen him (laughs) i have no recollection just we had a good time and so uh other than that i don't remember anything but it just dawned on me i was watching an interview with him yesterday on youtube uh and he was talking about Bill Cosby. That's when I was like, oh my God, Godfrey was there when Mad Love was out. And then a billion years later, I was trying to come up with a name for this podcast. And there you have it. I was like, oh, I'm going to call it Mad Love. And there you go. That's how Godfrey is a part. Uh, not really, but how he was a part of the origin story of Mad Love. Okay, so I'm watching him. And I like Godfrey. He's funny. But again, we're not friends or anything. I haven't seen him since 96 or 97, whatever that was. Um, but I I was, I recognize and appreciate what he was saying about Bill Cosby. But he justified Bill Cosby's bad behavior by saying, well, white people have done it all along. White people have been treating bitches bad for it. And, you know, and I, it's like he's not wrong, but just because two wrongs don't make it right. And yeah, people always do that. And listen, I'm not diminishing Bill Cosby's contribution to television, to the world. To I mean, he was amazing. But Bill Cosby's not Heathcliff Huxtable. Okay? Bill Cosby, I you know, and, and Godfrey agrees. He believes he did some of it. But he also then goes, but I think because he was trying to buy NBC, they had to bring out his dirt. Well, guess what? If you don't do dirt, ain't nobody got nothing to bring out. See what I'm saying? There's the issue. I remember when it first hit the news. I remember I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, I said, yeah, some comedian told a joke about 
you know, Google Bill Cosby. He's got a ton of rape cases. And she, her first response was, oh, he shouldn't have said that. But, but, but why not? The problem is not the guy saying it. The problem is he did it. <laughs> like there's so many that you can't doubt that he did something. You know, come on. I I believe the women. I watched enough of those stories that, especially Beverly Johnson, her story, I really believed. You know, and I tend to empathize with victims. If you talk to enough of them, you, you'll empathize too. You know, if you read enough cases, you'll go, oh, okay. And you start to empathize with victims. If you really read, like read the newspaper. And sometimes they only put blurbs in there, but read articles and you'll you'll start to be like, oh, okay, it is dangerous to live in a society where everybody's mostly not concerned with the victims. It's scary, but anyway, uh, I I don't want to dismiss what happened to these women because Bill Cosby, you know, gave us a different world and um, the legacy of the Cosby Show. There, you can't conflate the two, is what I'm saying. Uh, what he gave to the world as an artist, as a comedian. It's immeasurable, but also, you know, people aren't all one thing, which is what Crash, the movie, was trying to tell us, which I'm not sure why people don't care for that movie. I was fine with it winning an Oscar. I thought it was good because people are dualistic. People, That's the dichotomy of humanity. Everybody's not all one thing. And Bill Cosby's not all one thing. He did an amazing job with his career, but apparently... He was a sexual raper extortionist in his private life. And I believe it. And I don't feel bad for him for being in jail. He's had a very good life. A couple years in jail at, at, at his age. You know, I don't feel bad about that. Because I believe he did it. Knocking people out with quaaludes. And then people, then one of my friends, actually the girl who was with me and Godfrey and Patrick, she was all like, uh, I, I, yeah, I think, well, they're still friends. Cause I, I think they were friends and she said exactly what Godfrey was saying. And I was like, dude. And then she said something like, well, he was trying to buy NBC and you know, those women knew when they went up there, I'm like nobody, listen, nobody knows what a woman's intention is. Sure. She may have intended to have sex, but nobody was like, Hey, can you knock me out cold while we do it? Like, no one intends that. You should ask someone's permission. And you never know what somebody's going to say yes to. Because we live in some buck wild times. Somebody might be, yeah, that sounds dope. Just knock me out cold. (laughs) I mean, I... (laughs) It sounds weird to me, but I'm not judgmental. Hey, do what you do. But don't uh, knock me out cold without my permission. Okay? So anyway, that's, uh, that's my Godfrey observation the good is he was there when uh mad love entered my life and uh the not so good is he you know he was really ready to dismiss a lot of what bill cosby is accused of and in jail for because he created such a great legacy of of entertainment and i mean to me i just just, you just can't do that you just can't do that all right it's been wonderful chatting with you please be thankful and grateful today and every day I am thankful and grateful for you. I would not be here doing this every morning if the surge of listeners. uh, Now we're probably within our sixth month of people just like really 
uh, showing us a lot of love and appreciation. And I, I, hey, I'm here for you. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, The music, I need to figure out how to make it easier to to sponsor the podcast. Like I said, uh, one of my friends uh, at work who's hilarious, my work mentor, she was pretty much like, I want to give you some money, but I, you, you need to figure out how to, okay, I got to work on it. And, uh, also the music, uh, not the new stuff, but the rest of the music is out on Spotify. Please follow us. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple music. Uh, our podcast is on Apple podcast. I don't know where like Pandora, the music is out there. Um, we're everywhere you listen to music. The podcast is not on Pandora yet, but we'll see. I'm going to see if I can try to make that a reality. Um, but, you know, Spotify is tough. Anchor is owned by Spotify, so they they got rules. Uh, anyway, I appreciate you guys. Please listen, follow, share, like, subscribe, whatever you need to do to follow the team. Uh, all of our stuff, the music, the Corporate Manifest, that's our production team. They're the best. That new project should be out on Friday, but the distributor is tripping. So maybe uh, next week. I don't know. But the the previews will be here. And uh, yeah, appreciate you. Please be kind to each other. Please take care of yourselves. Stay COVID free for real. Um, yeah. All right. Be your best. The summer sun shining bright through the canopy steep A slight breeze through the palm trees pampering me A sight see from the mountain peaks, the camera beats I wanna go with the flow, I wanna float with the tide I wanna float in a boat, I wanna surf when I slide I wanna open my soul and find my purpose inside I know it's in it, but I really just don't know where it hides It was kinda bizarre when I got in my car And left it all behind, I thought I lost my mind But I just closed my eyes and hit the road to drive No clock to watch, so I ain't know the time I was so surprised, I felt so alive My oldest polarized, so the sun arose my eyes On the open road, I'm feeling like Dolomite Even though I took a gamble and just rode the dive like, fuck it, like, fuck it, uh, so, so now I'm feeling free, free, cause it's where I wanna be, be, in between me and you, you, I don't ever wanna leave, so now I'm feeling free, free, cause it's where I wanna be, be, in between me and you, you, I don't ever wanna leave, so now I'm feeling free, free, cause it's where I wanna be, be, in between me and you, you, I don't ever wanna leave, so now I'm feeling free, free, cause it's where I wanna be, be, in between me and you, you, I don't ever wanna, if you got a dream, you better follow it, if you're fighting pride, you better swallow it, if you have a doubt, just acknowledge it, it's cool to be afraid, but don't be a cowardice, if you got a dream, you better follow it, if you're fighting pride, you better swallow it, if you have a doubt, just acknowledge it, it's cool to be afraid, but don't be a cowardice, so when I did arrive, the time changed my life, now I can say I really did it and it made me like a pioneer on the frontier, native life, Zeus was a suit chief, amazing ride, maybe I find a baby with hazel eyes, made my wife and babies live a lazy life, that ain't happened with the point I was making, guys, is you can do anything if you make your mind Like, fuck it, like, fuck it, like, fuck it, like, fuck it And I'm California free And I'm California free